Thank you for joining us on More Than That, a podcast where we dive a little bit deeper into what was preached on Sunday morning. We hope that this is enriching to your walk with Christ and that you love God and people that much more so that we can extend the glory of God to the people he has placed in our lives. So buckle up and enjoy the conversation. Hey everybody, welcome to More Than That. Um, so we're just going to sit down and talk a little bit about the sermon. Um, we had a guest speaker this past week. It was our eight-year anniversary, and we had Alec Millen from One City Church in Lancaster come and speak. Um, Alec was not available to record, so I'm sitting here with Trevor, and we're just going to talk about what Alec talked about. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot. You know? Yes, there, <laughs> it, there really is a lot. We didn't give him a time limit, so he just kind of kept going. But yeah. it, you could hardly tell, though, listening to it, because it was I, very I had, captivating. Yeah, I had no idea, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah. when, when Larry said that it was an hour long, I'm like, really? <laughs> it yeah. was? I didn't yeah. notice, but um, it's also captivating whenever somebody like makes you laugh, but also he's like... A gentle giant so yeah. you're like this is really intriguing yeah. but i feel like you know if i'm like i'm doing something wrong if i'd like not listen yeah <laughs> um so we do have a third person in the recording room with us if you hear her i think um, she's made a couple guest appearances yeah she's week. yes she's <laughs> just kind of like chiming in whenever she feels yeah. like it yeah um but my daughter arwen is here i'm pulling dad duty today mm-hmm <laughs> oh, see, she said hi. There she is. Um, I'm speaking, I'm learning to speak fluent Arwen. Yes. Um, yeah. Is that different than Elvish? Slightly. Okay. It's a little less intelligible. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're preaching next next week. Yeah. So, um, on the second half of this chapter. Mm-hmm. So, as you were kind of preparing for that, like, could you give us a little, like, little summary of what the first 14 verses really are getting at. Yeah, so basically what happens at the beginning of this chapter is Israel gets very impatient, um, and Moses has been gone for, I think, 40 days at this point, and they decide that um, that they want to make a calf in order, or they want to make something to worship because Moses is, is gone, and they're like... Um, we need something to worship, and so they make this golden calf, and that's what's going on down below. And what's going on up top is God is seeing this, and He gets mad at, He gets justifiably upset about this, and basically tells Moses, "I'm going to do the same thing that I did with Noah. I'm going to wipe everybody out and start over with you." And Mo, and Noah, or I mean, and Moses um, calls the uh, intercedes on behalf of Israel, and calls back to the promises that God has made to Israel in making them a nation. And the Lord, it says, it says uh, relents from his anger that he had and does not destroy Israel. So that's like the, the basic thing that happens in the first 14 verses. So there's a lot there, though, that there, we could there talk really about. Is. Yeah. There really is. There really is. So um, when, it says, um, when it says that God relents, like mm. what... What does that mean? Because that's um, 
seemingly inconsistent <laughs> with the character of God to relent and kind of like change yeah. his mind. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting, actually. There's a, a passage in First Samuel that when I was thinking about this, um, so actually we, we changed a little bit of the structure of how we were going <laughs> to preach these. So originally I was going to preach the second half of what was Alex's sermon. Mm-hmm. So I was preparing a little bit for that. Um, and in that preparation I went to, it's somewhere in First Samuel, I can't remember exactly where it is, but where God... Um, tells Saul, King Saul, that he's no lo- that David is going to be the king, mm-hmm. and he says, it, like in almost back-to-back verses, like the Lord has changed His mind about Saul, and then um, he says in like pretty much the next verse, like you will no longer be king for the Lord does not change His mind, mm-hmm. and so it's almost like back-to-back, like yeah, God changed His mind about you, but this. But he doesn't change his mind at all. And so it's definitely like, yeah, looking at the fact that God does not change. He's immutable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and so, yeah, understanding that, because that's what we see from the whole, um, the totality of Scripture, looking at all of the scriptural data, we see that God does not change. Mm-hmm. And he does not change his mind, especially. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, him relenting is more of, yeah, <laughs> that is, it's hard to explain. It is. Because some people, because theologians disagree about this too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of theologians that disagree. Yep. Um, but a lot of people that um, in the category that I would put myself is that he's using, it's not anthropomorphic language, but it's similar to that. So it's language, okay. it's basically, well, you have Arwen here. It's like baby mm-hmm. talk for humans. Like, God speaks to us in ways that we will understand him from our own perspective. Um, So we know God Mm -hmm. can't repent. I think some translations say here he actually repents. And we know that God can't repent because he doesn't sin. Yeah. Um, But that's language that we understand of like, okay, God Mm -hmm. changed his mind, um, even though he didn't actually change his mind. Yeah. Well, that, like, that definitely covers the question that I had, was, like, (laughs) what is the use of language like that, like, anthropomorphic Mm -hmm. type of language? And so, just to define, anthropomorphic means, like, um, describing God in humanly terms, using images that don't actually describe him, but kind of give us an image of, Mm -hmm. an illustration of what it would be like. So, for example, there's sections where it talks about God having wings, and he, like, covers us with his wings for Mm -hmm. protection, it's like... Well, God doesn't actually have wings. Like, that's (laughs) that's not a real thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. um, So, speaking of image, Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of like what this whole section is about. So, what do you think in, you know, after, again, having studied (laughs) this passage a little bit, um, why, why do you think that... Israel was like, hey, we need, we're going to do this. We're going we're to make an image. Yeah. I think he made a good point, Alec did in the sermon, where he was talking about how they, they made it into a calf because a calf is something that's easy to control. Mm-hmm. And so it, when people um, are worshiping idols, they're usually idols that look a lot like themselves or look like the way that they want them to look. Yeah. Um, and so that would be, yeah. So they, they, and especially like seeing what's going on at the top of the mountain and all of this craziness that's happening, mm-hmm. it, it, 
they're very afraid of this God <laughs> that Moses is yeah. up there with. And so they're like, you know, it would be kind of nice to have something that's a little easier for us to... <laughs> that we're not afraid of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that we're not afraid of. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, and yeah. that, like, so last night in our home group, mm-hmm. I don't exactly remember what this guy's, like, title is. Mm-hmm. I know he's a... He's probably a PhD or... Okay, of, gotcha. Of some... He has letters after his name, yes. probably. Um, <clears throat> but basically is that what what he's saying and he's talking about the image of god here but he's we could relate it very very easy to Mm -hmm. just images that are created um for idolatrous purposes yeah um so that he's he says that they have been or they have seen something like a reflection of their own image Mm. or rather what they already understand the notion of image to be so substitute God in for image and you have what the Israelites did. Yeah. And also like understanding that they're coming from Egypt too. And so they're probably Mm -hmm. getting some images that they are used to from Egypt too. And that I I was, I was thinking that exact thought, like Mm -hmm. there's probably some, some deity or Mm -hmm. something of the sort that was a calf. Yeah. Um, And maybe, maybe it was like bronze, but because the, but because God, the Israel, Israelite God is so pure and holy, mm-hmm. they used gold instead yeah. of bronze, which is a much yeah. purer metal. Mm-hmm. So I can, like, I can see what they're trying to do. Yeah. But and what's still. also going on here that's interesting, too, that he brought up is the, the syncretism that's going on mm-hmm. of, like, blending kind of, like, tradition earthly tradition with true worship of god yeah and you see this especially with what aaron says where he says that he builds the golden calf and he Mm -hmm. says this is the god or the gods depending on how you translate that i think Mm -hmm. the csb says gods um it says these are the gods that brought you out of the land of egypt which is Mm -hmm. not true yeah but then he says later on uh tomorrow i can't find the verse but it says tomorrow Uh, we will make a feast to yahweh yeah to, which is, you know, the God of Israel. Like, yeah. That's his covenant name. And so you can see there, and even in, uh, in Egypt and a lot of the other areas during this time, we're kind of fine having other gods. And you can even see as you go through history with, like, the Romans and the Greeks that they almost, like, took, they almost mm-hmm. added the other gods of the countries that they were conquering yeah. into their pantheon, pretty much. Yep. And so we see pretty much Israel trying to do something like that. And in their mind, being in Egypt for that long, they probably didn't think it was that big of a deal. And then we'll see later that this is a really big deal mm-hmm. to God. So. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that he brought up was icons. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked in depth about this. <laughs> Not that in depth, but yeah. Um, it were, we should say maybe, maybe at length. Yeah. Length is maybe a better <laughs> okay. word for it. Yeah. Um, but he talks about the Roman... Catholic mm-hmm. Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church. Yeah. And I thought he was icons. generous towards them. Definitely. He was, and I, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I thought he, after studying it a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and in school, like I thought he did a pretty good job, like kind of cap encapsulating what mm-hmm. their use was. Yeah, and what they actually believed. Yeah. Yeah, um, but what I thought was interesting, and I was really hoping to ask him, maybe I'll mm-hmm. just send him a text or something like yeah. that and ask him, but what he thinks that is for or what what he thinks it is for the evangelicals mm. like what um, should images of christ be or no like what what, what do 
what do evangelicals idolize? Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, okay. So there's like the hmm. there there's the potential there for Eastern Orthodox and a yeah. Roman Catholic to idolize Saint Thomas yeah. or um, or sometimes they have like like um, like bones from some saint or yeah. like thing, relics. That's what they're yeah. called. I was trying to remember what they were called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my thought, hmm. and I think um, the the deconstruction movement, I think, is hmm. very, you know, very good in recognizing this. Um, okay. But it is for evangelicals. It's the Bible. Hmm. You know, we tend to we tend to put the Bible on a pedestal rather than letting it be what it is, God's word to us, like little W word, hmm. rather than big W word, which in and John 1 is Jesus. Yeah. Or the, the second person of the Trinity. Okay. Um, so in what way would you say that they idolize that? So it becomes, and the, it becomes a point of where the... And this is, like, I'm just kind of coming from the deconstructionist <laughs> perspective here. Yeah. <clears throat> they put... Oh, is that okay? Oh, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> um, but they... The idea that the, we put this the Bible up on a pedestal, yeah, so that it is a, almost above God. Okay. Where we worship the Bible, we don't mm. worship God. Okay. Because it seems like the Bible is the centerpiece of oh, the so evangelical the, worship rather is, than God. Gotcha. Okay. And that's what you would say the deconstructionists would say. The, I would say the deconstructionists, yeah. or some some deconstructionists yeah. would say that. Okay. Um, so what like. Hmm. If you were to pinpoint something that yeah, an evangelical I don't could I idolize, agree with that. <laughs> but I think honestly, and that was something I was looking at in uh, looking at the next section is mm-hmm. it can be preachers a lot of time. Mm, yeah. It's like talking heads, um, and <clears> throat> you throat> see that with how you know people will people have these huge reactions to like famous people, famous preachers, or you know whatnot, whether or um, like worship leaders when they walk away from the faith it can mm-hmm. like be a big deal and it Devastate obviously people. apostasy yeah. is not a you know that is very tragic yeah but ultimately you know you're not saved to a preacher you're saved to Christ yeah and so yeah. um and so I, and I, that's something that I saw even in this passage where the where they're saying like um this Moses who who brought us out of the land of Egypt so instead of attributing it to to God, they attribute it to Moses. Like this yeah. is the guy that yeah. brought us out of Moses, out of yep. Egypt, um, and kind of seeing that their their faith was misplaced in Moses instead of in God. And so, if you you know, just thinking off my feet, that's probably what I would say is yeah. we tend to, yeah. Or if or you know, I people get upset when they find out that one of their favorite um, speakers disagrees with them on something. It's like. That guy's a Presbyterian, seriously. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I spend a lot of time on the internet dealing with that stuff, and yeah. that happens so often. Yeah. Like, and you know, like, you know, we go to a semi, or a, I'd say a pretty reformed church. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, you know, there's like Calvin. Yeah. Like there's lots of stuff that mm-hmm. I'm sure that many of our friends and and, mm-hmm. and and people that go to church here that would consider themselves Calvinists yeah. that they would read something that Calvin wrote and be like 
I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to not agree with everything that yeah. your pastor believes yeah. or that your favorite preacher believes. Um, so I don't want to hammer that too much. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that he brought up mm-hmm. um, was the fact that just because something is described in the Bible hmm. doesn't mean that God's okay with it. Hmm. Um, okay. Can you? I don't remember him talking about that. So do you remember the context of that? Um, it was in the, or maybe that was just my own thought. Um, <laughs> yeah. I usually use different colors, and when I'm scrambling during a sermon, oh, sometimes gotcha. I just I forget to change colors. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's the beauty of an iPad, guys. Like, yeah. Wonderful for sermon notes. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about God providing, even okay. if he's not pleased with. Oh, I see um, what you're saying. So it's like that common grace idea of yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then it, it brought me to think, um, mm-hmm. again, I deal a whole lot with people that are mm-hmm. either inside the faith, outside the faith. Yeah. Deconstruction. De- yeah. Or, yeah. Deconstructing um, where they see something like, you know. I'll just pull myself in. Um, I'm mm-hmm. a divorced man. Yeah. Um, remarried, but divorced. Yeah. Just because that's described in the Bible mm-hmm. and provision was given, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that God was pleased that it was happening. Yeah. Um, it's like, what are okay. what are your thoughts on um, the idea versus description and prescription in the yeah. Bible? Oh, man. <sighs> that's a good question. I guess it would depend on, on the context of what's going on. Okay. Um, it's kind of hard to make a broad statement mm-hmm. about that. Um, is there something from this passage specifically that he was talking about in that? Um, is that in, like, building the calf or in, like... Um, so, I mean, we could even I mean, we could even think about it from, like, you know, the building of the calf. Mm-hmm. Um, how it was almost like their attempt to describe God. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah. maybe that's where he was going. Maybe that's where he wasn't. But that's kind of where I'm thinking. Gotcha. Uh, what I'm thinking he was trying to get at. Okay. Is um, that they were trying to describe God, but okay. that doesn't mean that because they were trying to describe God and that it's recorded in Scripture that it okay. is then a prescribed way of of doing that of doing that, yeah. which leads very well into um idolatry of the icons yeah very yeah and that is like the the um the danger of having icons and and images and things like that Mm -hmm. is is the danger to to worship them yeah rather than them pointing you to the thing to worship yeah um so which i think is a proper use of it Mm. um of it of in my opinion, I know you would disagree. Yeah, I would um, disagree. Ba- especially based on that face you gave me. Yeah. Um, that's when I wish we were, like, vi- like had this on video, yeah. like, just to see that face and yeah. pause it. Um, like, but Not so much. Yeah. Like, you know, thinking about it, because he did bring up Roman Catholicism and mm-hmm. Eastern Orthodoxy, like, that is their position. It's yeah. not necessarily that they are... Yeah. At least I, doctrinally. Yeah. That at least they're they, idolizing it, but it's more of a... Yeah director yeah and that's what that is what what they would say obviously i would probably disagree that that's what they're doing but, or at least say that that's <laughs> yeah, still not yeah. a good idea but um yeah but one thing that that i did want to talk about is that that i noticed that was interesting that i wanted to bring up um mm-hmm. 
is, and this is something I'm thinking about through the next section too, is um, obviously they, they break the commandments. He made it pretty clear that what was going, that there was a euphemism here for what was going on. There was a lot of, mm-hmm. we'll just say there was a lot of unrighteousness going on yes. here. But what I thought was interesting is um, if you go back to Exodus, um, I think it's 20, where the law is actually given, the Ten yeah. Commandments, um, they didn't just break the Ten Commandments, but they actually broke the prelude to the Ten Commandments. Because mm. if you go to Exodus 20, verse 1, it says, or laws, yeah, verses 1 and 2, it says, Then the Lord spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery? And yeah. now when they make this idol, what's the first thing that they say? They say, mm-hmm. here Israel is the gods who brought you out of Egypt. And so they didn't just break the Ten Commandments, although they broke all of them probably, but they even broke the prelude to the Ten Commandments, the grace that God had given them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that that is like the big, like, the, the grave sin that they're talking about is, like, you have replaced the truth of God with a lie, mm-hmm. and you are, um, yeah, you're attributing the works of God to ultimately Satan is what's happening. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, right there you have at least the first two. <laughs> yeah, at um, least the first two from what Alec was saying. What is that, number six? Sexual immorality. Uh, adultery adultery yeah. yeah verse 14 of 20 uh which is you shall yeah. not i'm in the nasby but you oh, shall yeah. not commit adultery <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah i think that's um so other than the questions that i had like what were your <laughs> yeah um like was there anything that really stood out above all mm. mm-hmm. um for you whenever Alec was preaching. Yeah, I mean, just his, him highlighting the jealousy of God, I think, was spot on. Mm-hmm. I, even when he was doing his intro and he was talking, he was asking the question, like, if you were to talk to, you know, people in Williamsport about attributes of God, what would you say? And even when he, he was saying, like, I bet there's one attribute none of you thought, and I leaned over to Kelsey, my girlfriend, and I was like, he's going to say jealousy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know he's going to say, because that's what this passage is about. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good to highlight that because the, it is like a, a holy jealousy. And maybe in our current cultural climate, maybe you don't want to use the word jealousy because that brings bad connotations, but mm-hmm. it is true and it is righteous because it, for God to not be about his own glory would doesn't make sense because he is the one to be most glorified. So yeah. And I think that's a fair use of jealousy. Yeah. Like, you know, we always talk, it, or at least in like the, like the content creation mm-hmm. side of the world, like yeah. if you're using like a clip of somebody, mm-hmm. fair use is a really, really big issue. Yeah. And I think that jeal- ascribing jealousy to God is a fair use of mm. the concept of jealousy. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> it would end up falling in in like an anthropomorphic type of way yeah in into like okay this is how we can make sense of this yeah so yeah so just him talking about that i thought was was great and also his 
even the what we were talking about, he said stupid a ton of times <laughs> in regards to idolaters. And how yeah. Stupid they were, and I thought that was that was very good too. Yeah. Yeah, I I was definitely like after the first or after the second time he used it, I was like, no. Oh. This is gonna come up a lot. This is gonna yeah. This is gonna come up a, a, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't really. I didn't really have anything that really, other than the jealousy, mm-hmm. um, that really stuck out um, to me. Well, I guess we could, you know, the last last little ple- last little piece. Mm-hmm. Um, because we brought this up in home group last night. Okay. About Moses interceding for Israel with God. Mm. Um, so Moses here is kind of acting mm. in, like, as a Christ. Not mm. the Christ, but a Christ. Oh, where yeah, absolutely. He's able to intercede. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we find those all throughout the Old Testament. Yeah, they're... The, yeah, they're um... What's the word that I'm looking for? Yeah, but they're they're pointing to Christ. They yeah. are uh, shadows yeah. of the Christ to come, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Typography. Types of Christ. That's yeah. yeah was typography. Like, typology. Yeah. Typography. Yeah. yeah. So like Melchizedek is considered a type of Christ. Yeah. And or I think... Joseph would be a type of Christ. David. Yeah. And Moses is definitely acting as a type of Christ here, mm-hmm. as he's interceding um, for the people, and you know, the um, and. God relents from his anger. And actually, that's what most of my sermon this week <laughs> is probably going to be about, is how Moses in the next section acts as a type of Christ in a bunch of oh, different yeah. ways. So, so yeah. look for that, guys, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because we, we have to understand that as we're reading through the Old Testament, um, that all of Scripture is about Christ, and it points to Christ. Mm-hmm. And we have to read the Bible in that lens of understanding mm-hmm. that, like, Maybe you can't say Christ is in every verse, but he's in at least, yeah. like, you know, every... He's in a lot of them. He's in a lot of them, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so you have to, to understand that, yeah. So, Even and though I, there are people that would argue that Christ is in every verse. <laughs> like, okay. He is the word. I get yeah. it. Oh, yeah. But, okay. Yeah, we're going to so. move on from that one. Um, we'll agree to disagree on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to next week. And this is the first time I've heard you, like, preach yeah. or this will be um and then we can continue the conversation yeah then that we're we can talk now. about it next week yeah. um so that'll be fun for sure um especially being your debut sermon yeah um but again guys remember this is not a replacement for the sermon this is not a replacement for being in community with a group of believers um so i encourage you to, to do that. If you're in Williamsport, we would love to meet you. If you're not, we encourage you to, uh, to go find a community and be committed to that community and um, be committed to staying in the word within that community because, you know, it's iron sharpens iron and I think we can learn a lot from other people. Um, so I'm... Looking forward to next week, and thank you for hopping in. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I think I'm looking forward to next week. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so with that being said, have a blessed week, guys. Yep. See you.